You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Are YouTubers really ordering mystery boxes off the deep web? And was this very podcast responsible for the shutdown of the Sunspot Solar Observatory today on Dead Rabbit Radio? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. There is a beautiful rainbow right outside my window. Absolutely beautiful. Oh, it's even darker than it was just a couple minutes ago. It's it's amazing looking. Still kind of drizzling outside. You know, I think it's interesting when you look at the story of Noah. I think most of you are familiar with it, but the, the general gist of it is that God had to wipe out humanity. He told Noah, listen, your family's pure. Build this boat. And they're going away for 40 days and 40 nights. The flood destroys everybody else. At one point, a rainbow is created. And that rainbow is created, and it's God's word, it's God's pact, that he would never destroy the planet again with a flood in particular. But, I mean, it was basically like a a symbol of a promise between God and man that, you know, he would no longer, you know, rain down billions of gallons of water on them. What, What I think interesting, so when I read that story as a kid, you're like, oh, you know, that's beautiful. And as an adult, I remember thinking, logically... Does that mean there were no rainbows before the flood? Does that mean that before the great flood, no one had ever seen a rainbow? Because it particularly makes the rainbow that symbol, that promise between God and man. And it's just kind of an interesting... I mean, here, here's the thing. I meet people who go, oh, you know, I just can't logically believe in God, or I just can't logically believe in any sort of figure, like Christ figure, or Muhammad, or whatever. And I just can't believe in the afterlife and stuff like that. Fair enough. I'm logical enough that I don't believe in true love, but I can still appreciate a Britney Spears song. I can still appreciate a romantic movie. There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, yeah, that that does just doesn't happen in real life. That's, you know. But you, I still appreciate it. And, and I think that there's a lot of interesting stories and parables and lessons in all of these religions that can be appreciated. Even though you may not buy into it lock, stock, and barrel, there's still some there's still some nice nice stories there. There's some not-so-nice stories, like when that, um, he, he was a prophet of God, some teenagers were making fun of him, so he sicked, like, ten bears and they mauled the kids. That's a weird, that's a weird part of the Bible. So, but yeah, I just think it's kind of interesting. I mean, logically, yes, rainbows existed before the Great Flood, but in the narrative, uh, in the in the structure of that story, if it's taken at face value, they didn't. So, what happened when it rained? How did the light reflect through the water and all that stuff? Just kind of a kind of an interesting note. You know, I watched a lot of Shark Tank and Dragons Den, and I think those shows are great. I think they're great because I think it inspires people to get up off their butt. And try to make something. Because the whole show is basically people who have been working in their garage. Or been sitting in their living room. And drawing notes. And staying up late. And drinking the coffee. And making those sacrifices throughout the day. And they build a product. They start it. They're like 
they go from just being like a soccer mom or a guy with like, he already has a job he doesn't really like, so he comes up with this idea that he thinks will make the world better. I think it's fascinating. I am always inspired by that show to come up with inventions. I have an invention of my own. It's called Baby Weights. Baby weights are uh, biodegradable weights. So a woman is pregnant. A woman has a baby. So we'll figure it's maybe like three, you're three months in the pregnancy. You don't want to push the kid, right? She would swallow, <laughs> she's going to swallow the weights. You swallow these little, they're like maybe two of three ounces. She swallows them. Or, um, I don't know, if a woman swallows something, if it, <laughs> if it does it go into the baby place? Like they get food, right? Like when a woman eats stuff, does it, <laughs> do chicken wings fall into the womb? You know, to be honest, I don't know much about female biology, but I also don't know much about male biology. But, like, when you eat something, does it just, like, nutrients shoot into the womb? Or does, like, the piece of... <laughs> There's a hot wing flown around in there, a couple of nuggets. Anyway, so, okay, you, you, you slice the pregnant woman open, and you can... Or, no, 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 even better, can't you, like, go in through the vagina? And, like, and like well, anyways, somehow... You attach these little weights to the baby's arms and legs. And so when they're like moving around in the womb and kicking, it's slowly building up their strength. You could even probably like put one on their neck to help like build core strength because they're always in a ball. But then they're like unraveling and stuff. It's like doing sit-ups. And then what happens is the weights slowly dissolve. And then you get a few more crammed up in there and they're a little bit heavier now. And so now the baby's like, <laughs> you know, like curling five, six ounces. I and mean, that would that's a lot for a baby. Put them on their legs so when like they're like cycling and stuff, come out. The baby's totally healthy. The baby will have the most developed muscles of any baby ever. Baby weights. Now I haven't put a patent on that yet, but I trust my listeners not to to steal that idea. Baby weights. Okay, so anyways, we're gonna go ahead and get started with the episode. We have a lot of cool stories for you today. Now I do have to say, some of you may have noticed that I did not come out with an episode on Friday. And I, there is a very good reason for that, and it ties into our second story and my paranoia. So we'll save that for a bit, but let's go ahead and get started with this. So there's been a new trend on YouTube, and what it is, it's YouTubers of all stripes, all sorts of channels are doing this. They're buying mystery boxes off of the deep web. The deep web is a quick overview. Most of the time is spent on the surface web. You're hearing this podcast or you're downloading it from the surface web. That's Facebook and Google and email and going shopping at Amazon and all that stuff. That's just kind of everything that you can just do on the surface. Then when you step down a level to go to the deep web, that's when you need Tor. These are basically servers that aren't indexed, I guess is the best way. These are servers that are are connected to the internet. In a, they're connected to a internet but you need a special browser to access them because they're not they're not indexed. I don't know if I'm explaining that right right because I'm just trying to get it real quickly because that's not the point. The point is it's basically like a hidden internet or it's like a hard to access internet. It's generally where you have stuff. We've talked about this before like Silk Road, Internet Hitmen operate on the deep web, a lot of horrible stuff like child porn. It's all down there. Not well, not all down there, but I mean, like, there's stuff of that on the surface web. But generally speaking, it's it's where you would go to indulge in a criminal activity or enterprise with less risk. It's not zero risk, but less risk. It's basically like the Moss Eisley of the internet. It's just kind of this 
this horrible place. It's like where all the bad stuff happens. So there's been this YouTube trend of people being like, oh, I, I bought this $250 box from the deep web and you open it up. And I watched a couple of these videos. That's how I, I figured out about it. And they're like wearing gloves and they have the box cutter because you don't know what's going to be in the box. It could be like a ton of drugs. It could be a bunch of like bloody panties. You don't know. So they're sitting there with the gloves on, slowly opening the box. The creepy stock music is playing in the background. And they're like, oh, what? what is this? This is this is a baby doll, but its head's chopped off. Here, let me set this to the side. And they're always wearing like a little camera, so we're from like their point of view. And they're like, oh, I, I see something else. It's a, it's a USB drive. We'll put this in at the end of the video. Keep watching. Like and subscribe. Here, I'll put this USB down. Ooh, what's this? It's these Polaroids. And they're like a creepy forest. Oh, no. And like builds this mystery. And then the one I saw one where a guy like puts in the USB drive and then he's like, oh, what's on here? And it's just like a picture of like three guys standing in a room. And then there's a knock at his door and he turns around. He's like, oh, no, someone's knocking on my door and I just bought this mystery box. Then he turns back and his computers are all glitchy. And then people who were previously just standing in the room are looking at him. Now, obviously, when he turned around, the camera turned around and that allowed anyone else able to, you know, hit the mouse and move to the next thing. These mystery boxes go anywhere from $250 to $10,000. Oh, I just dropped $10,000 on this mystery box. You don't know what's in it. Watch this video. Like and subscribe. It's fake. I'm not saying that there's not mystery boxes online. There are these weird memes that pop up that I dismissed completely and they're real. This one isn't. I was actually able to track it down. The, the earliest reference to this, on July 2018, there was a story posted on Wattpad, which is a self-published free site that you can publish your stuff as an author. It's a really good website. I don't read much stuff there because, again, um, the gender and the age range really isn't for me. It's mostly for young women. A lot of the stuff is like Twilight fan fiction. But anyway, so the earliest mention I could find of this was in July 2018, there was a short horror story called I Bought a Mystery Box Off the Dark Web. So what the story is, is that the character in the story buys a mystery box off the internet, and in it is some photos. There's a bag of Xanax, and it has a little note saying, you'll need these, trust me. And she begins kind of going through the photos and what the photos are, are basically of her neighborhood. And she's kind of freaking out because, you know, she put the order in and then like a week or two passed or whatever. She sees some photos and they have dates on them. And then she sees a photo of the house and she's like, wait, that's my house. She sees a photo of her kitchen. And then, you know, she's seeing um, like a photo of her sleeping. She's showing, you know, just all these creepy photos. And then she the note that said, uh, trust me, you'll need these with the Xanax. She flips it over and it has the next day's date. And she's like, oh my god, what am I going to do? You know, I mean, it wasn't a it, it was a... it was a good story. It's a good idea. It's creepy. And to show that it's a good idea, it launched this trend. Rachel Nilsson is the author of this. Now, this story on Wattpad only has 98 views. Yeah, 98 views. But it was reposted to Reddit's forum, No Sleep, which is a collection of uh, short horror stories. And I, I go there very often. I'm subscribed to that. I check them out. And I don't know if she posted it on Reddit or if someone stole it from her, but I think that's where it took off was on Reddit, not necessarily here. But this is the earliest version of the deep web box or the dark web box, however you want to call it. There is a video from December 2017 that I saw too called Unboxing a Deep Web Credit Card. And it's just a video of a guy opening up a letter that has a credit card in it. But so we had that in December 2017 and then this story in July of this year. 
and now we have this big thing. No one's doing it. No one's doing it. I'm not saying there's not mystery boxes on the deep web. There's mystery boxes you can buy on eBay. But these YouTubers aren't buying them. They're getting a bunch of creepy stuff, and they're putting it in a box, and they're sealing it. I mean, and whatever, dude. It's clickbait. Like, there's so much stuff on YouTube that is just fake clickbait stuff. Anyways, all the gold digger videos are fake. and So, I mean, they're just following the trend. It's, you know, because kids watch it. And kids are like, oh my god, that's so spooky. Mom, Dad, can I borrow $10,000 to buy a box on Deep Web? So, again, like... I'm, they're they're out there these youtubers the things they're unboxing aren't them i don't recommend really buying anything from the deep web because you're going to get scammed the chances of someone sending you the proof of their murder is incredibly unlikely the chances of you losing 250 bucks is extremely likely also how are they doing it these kids have bitcoins or something like that so, but yeah, all the news articles I've read about this when I was researching this was like, it's a dangerous new trend. Kids are buying deep web boxes and they don't know if they're going to get bottles of acid or drugs or aborted fetuses. It could be all three. And they, the articles are taking it seriously because it's clickbait for them. I clicked on all those articles. Other people are clicking on those articles. Parents, watch out for new trend. It's not happening. It's really not happening. People probably have bought these boxes but it would be garbage if there's anything in there. Again, no one's going to send you the soiled panties of their 18th victim to, you know, Judy in Charlottesville. It's just ridiculous. But, you know, it makes for good YouTube, so you'll continue to see that stuff. We're going to go ahead and move on to our next story. Now, the episode that was supposed to come out Friday is done. It's absolutely done. I sat on it, though, because what happened... Well, and it's a good episode. I, I really like that episode. And I'm going to release it tomorrow, so it will get released. But I wanted to do this one first. So what happened was I had gotten communications from a couple different people. Veronica was like, hey, are you doing the story about this? Uh, I shouldn't make her sound like that. Veronica said, Jason, are you going to do the story about the solar observatory being shut down? And my friend Mitchum was like, hey, you know, have you seen this? Like they shut down. Mitchum was actually the first one that got a hold of me. He was like, hey, have you seen this? They're shutting down this solar observatory. No one knows why. And I'd seen it on 4chan. I blew it off. I was like, it's not It's not a big deal. I just kind of, you know, what's going on at the Solar Observatory? Read a bit. I was like, it's nothing. And Mitchum was like, yeah, yeah, you know, this is going on. So I kind of went back and took another look at it. I did I did start looking into it. And I'm like, okay, there, there might be something here. And then I come home from work. And there, this will probably seem incredibly minor to you. But again, I have a, I have a slight paranoid streak. I come home from work and there's a note in my mailbox saying, you have a certified letter, you need to come pick it up or, you know, we'll re-deliver it on such and such date or whatever like that. And I'm thinking, who the hell is sending me certified letters? And I go, it's either one of two things. It's either some birthday money that somebody doesn't want to get lost. My birthday's uh, coming up in about two weeks. Or I'm getting sued again. It's one of those two. And so I'm like, what and I start, I'm like, it could be, and those are the two main ones, but I'm thinking it could be something else. It could be something else. I started to get concerned. I'm like, because as much as I talk about myself personally on the show, I go, I don't give out my personal email. My mind kept going back to the podcast. I'm like, I don't give out my personal address on the, on the show, but it wouldn't be difficult for anyone with any sort of skill to find out. So I went down to the post office. I said, hey, can I pick this up? They said, no, it's a little too early. You have to wait because it was a Friday. We, you know, the mail truck's moving around, stuff like that. You have to wait until Monday. And I go, can you guys at least tell me who it's from or like what it is? And they're like, we can tell you it's a letter, but we don't know anything else than that. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
The reason why that prompted me to not release that episode was because a lot of people are talking about the Solar Observatory being shut down. And what they forget is the post office in the town was also shut down. So I'm thinking, did someone trying to send me a letter from there? Again, you're like, Jason, come on, that's ridiculous. But let me explain why. There's basically just a few reasons why this solar observatory was shut down, or this area was shut down. One, it's absolutely nothing that's been blown out of proportion to the media. It's possible there were no FBI or Black Hawk helicopters or anything like that. It's just a solar observatory got shut down and the media blew it out of proportion like they always do. That's one option. Second option is there's some sort of contaminant spill. There's some sort of, you know, mercury in the area. There's some sort of radioactivity in the area. There is just something going on that they needed to shut down. That one I'm a little suspicious of because a if it was just a chemical problem you wouldn't necessarily let's assume that the fbi has been there i've heard that there are black hawk helicopters there and and we'll we're going to table that for a second let's assume that the fbi actually physically was there they wouldn't really investigate a mercury poisoning or they wouldn't investigate any toxins in the water or black mold infestation or sentient soy or anything like that you'd see cdc out there you would see people in biohazard suits that were there to clean up a contaminant there's the other option that there is some sort of a criminal activity going on there in that area. So escaped, escaped convict, meth lab, you know, overall drug running operation, arm smuggling operation. This is in New Mexico. I'm not saying that all New Mexico people smuggle drugs and make meth, but you know what I mean? It's kind of in this wilderness type area. It would be a good place to cook. So they could have cut, and they said, you know what, we know someone's in this area, we're going to shut down 50 miles, you guys just happen to be in it, postal workers leave, sunspot, sun, uh, solar observatory people get out of here, FBI's coming in, we're going to do all this stuff. And that would, they would use helicopters, not necessarily again Blackhawks, I think that's a bit of an exaggeration, but could be someone doing an operation in the solar observatory that's criminal, or in the post office that's criminal, and they're doing their investigation. Generally, in that case, they wouldn't evacuate the people if they're trying to investigate those people. But if there was a dangerous criminal on the loose or some big operation out there, there's the option. People have said that the solar observatory detected a magnetic storm, detected alien spacecraft, whatever it is. I've heard stories that multiple observatories across the planet were shutting down. There was four of them, and that story's been debunked. That story's not true. So really, only the Sunspot Solar Observatory in New Mexico that we know of has been shut down. We don't know why. But I had another theory. A very (laughs) ego-driven slash paranoid theory. More paranoid than ego-driven, if I have to be honest. Golf rumors. When I did the episode on golf rumors, they we, we covered them. We're saying some people thought it was a saint-worshipping group. Other people thought it was the psychic camera thing. And my suggestion was it's related to the golf, the global oscillations at low frequency device or instrument on the SOHO satellite, which is the solar observatory heliolistic object or something like that. It's a satellite in space that is just detecting issues with the sun. And the golf instrument is able to penetrate the sun, or not penetrate the sun, but it is able to read inside the sun, and it can figure out all this stuff. And I said, I think that golf rumors is part of this. 
I think that the rumors are things that have been spread around in these observatories where they have detected things with the golf instrument and they've talked to each other and they have tried to say there's something going on with the sun or near the sun or something like that. And that's the rumor, not necessarily that it's true, but the readings coming back from the golf instrument are not what people expected. So that was my suggestion for what golf rumors was. I thought, what if someone mailed something and see, and this is a thing. If someone in the observatory used the post office to mail me something regarding that, and they tracked it to that observatory. What if that episode on golf rumors, which again was always said, use extreme caution, don't research, and me just blathering about it on a podcast, and some guy heard it in New Mexico, or gal, you know, and goes, oh, he knows, he knows the truth. Write a letter, drop it in the mail, FBI descends on the solar observatory. Shut it down, we got to investigate it. So I held off on that episode that had nothing to do with golf rumors or the solar observatory. But I go, you know what? If the FBI is going to come knocking at my door, you know, let's just let's take a breather. So here's what happened. Saturday, they read, I signed the little slip on the note. Saturday, they redelivered the letter to me, the certified letter. I opened it up. I owe the state of Oregon $70 for past tax dues. Okay, fair enough. Not getting sued. That's good. Wasn't some birthday money. That's sad. But it was $70. It wasn't someone mailing it out from the solar observatory. However, I still think that's what... Not not me. Forget me. I think that it's not a chemical contamination because the FBI necessarily wouldn't investigate that. The criminal activity there... It w- they, I don't see the FBI needing to shut down because FBI has gone into urban areas, all sorts of areas, and they're not like they're not like shut this hotel down, Arby's close for the winter. You guys get out of here. We got to stop a crime. Like that's just not way the FBI works. My suggest, my, what I think happened, and I think that I was on the wrong endpoint. But what I think happened was someone at that observatory was in doing something, and they were mailing stuff out of that office, whatever it was, ricin or anthrax or secured documents or anything like that. And they did. They said, you know what? Everyone clear out because we know all of your names. They probably know all of the people who work there and they're watching them, but they want to see what information's coming out of that area from that observatory to that post office. That's what I think happened. I think it's a criminal matter, maybe a terrorist or espionage matter. But I don't think that it's aliens or Bigfoot or, or solar flares or golf rumors. Maybe golf rumors. But I don't think that it's anything super Fordian. I don't think it's anything super weird. The thing is, is that, and the thing that's a little frustrating is that we're never going to know. And no one's ever going to trust it. If the FBI clears out and the observatory opens again. Oh, I have another theory too, but... If the FBI leaves and the solar observatory opens again and they go, it was just we had a leak in our lines and the FBI wanted to check it out. Or if they're like, oh, no, no, you know, it was totally legit. We had a leak in our lines or there was some mercury in the water or anything. No one's going to believe them. If the FBI is like, oh, yeah, there's a dangerous area, a dangerous criminal in the area and so on and so on. No one's going to believe them. This theory is going to be running around for the next five years. People are going to be like, well, you know they shut down that observatory. 
The thing with the golf rumors thing, which I do now, the more I think about it, I think that is the most logical answer to what golf rumors really is, is that it refers to the golf instrument. They're not the observatory that that information's fed into. I had to look that up. That information, I believe, is fed into a observatory or a computer system on the East Coast, not in New Mexico. I mean, is it possible that they did... They, maybe that was the source of the golf rumors. They got that instrumentation. They got that information, and they were leaking it out. I mean, it's possible, like point zero zero one percent possible. They didn't mail me. Thank God. I don't want the FBI banging on my door. I also have another theory. I think it was probably something super minor, and now it's a publicity stunt. The observatory is open to the public. You know when they reopen, they're going to be mobbed by people. And it's just like, oh, it's just a learning opportunity. They never fuss up to that. They never admit that. But, it, you know, did you ever know this observatory existed? I'm sure people in the area were vaguely aware of it. And after this happens, they're going to get so many people going up there. So, you know, it's possible that it was a minor thing. And they just said, you know what, let's stay shut a couple more days. It could have been two FBI agents walked up there and they... Said, you know what, can you guys shut this down? We're going to run a train. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Maybe they're just running training exercises up there. And they don't want people to know. That, you know what? That's, I bet you anything, that's it. I bet you anything the FBI ran training exercises up there. My When my dad was a minister, we had a church. And this local SWAT team asked, hey, can we run a training exercise in your church? My dad's like, oh yeah, dude, that's totally awesome. Go ahead. And we didn't, we weren't, no one was able to go to church that day. It was a Tuesday, so it wasn't a whole horrible loss, but you know what I mean? Like, they don't want your video, to, they would clear, that's what it is, dude, it's a training exercise. And the FBI wanted it, yeah, that's the answer to that. I'll bet you money, FBI was running a, like, a building to building, like, because it's a perfect area, the observatory's oddly shaped. Like any, that's why the church worked because it's such a weird configuration. The SWAT, you know, if you go into an office building, they're all kind of laid out the same, but churches have weird architecture and weird corners. It's not necessarily about functionality. It's about form. So the SWAT team could like learn weird maneuvers in there, learn how to maneuver in non, non-normal or non-traditional environments. Observatory would be great for that as well. And you would have the post office there, which would give them like an, that would be where they'd set up. And then they could go into the wilderness and practice stuff as well. I almost guarantee you that's what that is. It's a training exercise. Damn. You know what? I could have started off with that and saved everyone 10 minutes. <laughs> hey, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey sometimes. Yeah. Well, and again, they'll never admit it. Because what'll happen is they'll want to do it again. They'll want to do it again in another location, and then people will go out there, or they'll be flying drones over it to stuff like that. They're just going to go do these training exercises, and I'll I'll bet you money that's what it is. Golf rumors, probably not. I still really like that episode. I think that was one of my funnest episodes to research, and that is the Solar Observatory story. Oh, and I want to say I want to say right now that today. I got a YouTube comment from Ryan ML88. They're like, "Do you think that the solar observatory closure could be due to your golf rumors episode?" And I was like, 
spoiler alert, dude. I'd been prepping that. We're going to go with this angle. We're going to, I'm going to research this and stuff like that. It's like nine in the morning. He's like, hey, everyone, this is what Jason's next episode is about. But no, Ryan, good looking out. Because yeah, I, I didn't respond because I wanted to get this episode out, but I'll respond to your YouTube comment now. Yeah, that was kind of the angle I was looking at for a while. And it's petered out. But again, I... I appreciate that people are listening to the episodes and enjoying the episodes, and it means a lot to me. And I read all your comments. I think you guys have seen that. I read all your comments. I, I get back to you guys. And a couple of the f- upcoming stories we're going to do are stories, too, that were e- emailed to me by a couple of you. Uh, Hero, Clovis, we're going to do that. We're going to do heliocentrism. That's coming up uh, in, in, in a couple weeks, but Hero Globus, I think, is this week. It's weird. It's just people take photos of weird cult stuff they find around their city or you know flyers that are posted up around their college campuses and they're like hey jason do a story on this and they'll take a picture of some cult like meet us up and light candles and i love all that stuff feel free to send me that stuff deadrabbitradio at gmail.com you can send it there that's our email address i'm also available on facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio you can also hit me up at twitter at jason o carpenter Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Whether you're looking to build a website for your business, your hobby, your podcast, or just for fun, Pair Networks is your go-to web hosting partner. Not only do we have the lowest domain price in the industry, starting at just 11 bucks, we've got hundreds of stunning website templates to help you stand out from the crowd. You're not a techie? Not a problem. With our easy DIY site builders, you can launch your impressive website without any technical know-how. And when it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. P-A-I-R dot com.